0: Hi there, and welcome. Now it's time for America's Favorite Podcast. Leave your mark with your host, Vince Cortez. If it's flat, loose fit it. It's Cortez, freeze and choppers in it. It's Cortez. Leave your mark. It's about inspiring the world. One guest at a time. time. Pass the word from Brooklyn to Pittsburgh, from urban to suburb. It's Cortez, you heard?
1: And here is our host, Vince Cortez. This is Leave Your Mark. I'm Vince Cortez, and today's guest is Entrepreneur Extraordinaire Joe Matt. Joe has lived in three different continents, developing 10 different diverse businesses. He works with solopreneurs, micro-business, and executives. He's also a host of Espresso Jam's podcast. He is a Mount Kilimanjaro climber to the top, and his experience and marketing skills are available on Apexable Coaching Business. Joe, thank you for being our guest here today. I'm glad you're
2: here. Hi, Vince. Good to see you, and I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it's one of those things that uh, people always reference that they'd like to climb a mountain and specifically Mount Kilimanjaro, probably the big trophy piece. What um, how'd you get into climbing and, and, and what encouraged you to go
2: to the top? Well, here's the thing. I'm not a mountain climber. I'm a hiker. I'm a dog walker. Well, my dogs <laughs> not professionally. And um, I was sitting at a bar where you know, it's a great place for inspiration. And, and I was sitting with my father and we threw beers in and he says, hey, Joe, if I climb Mount Kilimanjaro, will you come with me? And I said, sure, why not? That began a research project because we didn't know if it was possible for folks like us. We're in shape, but we're not mountain climbers. And we started researching, so there was the inspiration Um, That many businesses are started with inspiration. And this adventure was started with that inspiration. And we found out that we could climb the mountain. We trained, we had accountability with people. We posted pictures on Sunday of our hikes. We found a guide, a a whole company to help us get up the mountain. And a year later, we summited Mount Kilimanjaro.
1: Wow. So, a year later. So, what is the altitude of Mount Kilimanjaro?
2: 19,341 feet.
1: Now, I had experience out in Park City at about 13,000 feet. And I would say from about 7,000 feet up, it begins to change quite a bit. But I mean, you were you're almost twice as high as I was. So I can imagine what the air and the conditions get like, as far as the challenge of that.
2: Yes. And let me tell you, Vince, we took the slow route. Okay. So we got there a couple of days beforehand and, and our hotel was at 5,000 feet. So we started to acclimate already to the altitude. And then we started our climb. Uh, we, we drove, we started our climb. And it was a slow way up, but the way that had the most success for folks like us who are not mountain climbers. Okay. And we we went um, in, in Tanzania, they say pole pole, which means slow, slow. <laughs> we weren't racing. It took us seven days to get to the top.
1: Well, wow, That's quite a feat. Well, let me do this. I, I had to address that because I think that's fascinating. <laughs> and it, 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 the uh, determination to get to the top, especially uh, Mount Kilimanjaro is, is, is definitely a big one. So it, it's a testament to the kind of drive that you have that carries over into your work. So what I like to do for my guests is do a little background on you. Um,
2: where were you born and raised? I was born in New Jersey, Northern New Jersey. Okay. Did you have any siblings? I've got three brothers and sisters. And then through second marriages, I've got another two, two sisters. Wow. So
1: five siblings. Yes. Now, are you, were you in the lead, in the middle, in the end? Number two. Number two. Okay. So (laughs) uh, what was life like in your childhood?
2: So New Jersey went by pretty quickly. Um, I, we moved to Florida, Southern Florida, when I was in third grade. So I did third, fourth, and fifth grade in Southern Florida. Then we moved to just outside of Chicago, to Evanston. And then we moved to Boone, North Carolina.
1: Now, in Boone, North Carolina, is this where you end up uh, going through high school and graduating?
2: I went to two years of high school in Boone, North Carolina, and that was Watauga High. Watauga is the county. Wataga High is the one singular high school in that county. Okay. Now, um, <laughs> did you graduate from there or no? No, because I went back to New Jersey. And I graduated from Wayne Valley. Wow. Now,
1: what was your uh, mom and dad's name and what did they do?
2: So my mother has done many things. In fact, she got her doctorate after, after the age of 50. She oh, wow. was a teacher. She studied. Um, oh, my gosh, I can't think of it. it. Oh, minority studies. And she actually lived on the Navajo reservation for a number mm-hmm. of years. And um, inter, interacted with the tribal members and the students. Oh, um, very interesting. Now, yeah. um, what did your dad do? So my dad has a marketing business that's that's international business at this point. Um, He is all over the place, still still working, Um, could have stopped many, many years ago, but hasn't found anything more interesting than what he's doing with his business. He
1: truly (laughs) likes what he's doing. Now, um, where did you end up going to college?
2: Went to college at Plymouth State University in New Hampshire. Wow.
1: So you're you're definitely you were actually before graduating high school, you had uh, moved around quite a bit. Yes. Because I mean, I think that your storyline of being in three different continents and and operating in diverse businesses and as many as you did, uh, you can kind of see how a little bit of the the roots were planted with what what your parents do. That's very cool. So now you get out of uh, college and uh, how does how does this uh, entrepreneur journey begin?
2: I worked um, all through high school, even in middle school. I had a job. I had a paper route. And then I worked in high school at different restaurants. I worked in college at different restaurants during the summer, all of that. Um, The first thing I did that was entrepreneurial is I, this this is the eighties, right? So, so give me a break. I started playing hacky sack, right? There was no place to buy hacky sacks at the college where I was. So I contacted the manufacturer and this was 1987 ish. Um, He actually lives in Hackensack, New Jersey, where he made the hacky sacks. So I ordered two dozen hacky sacks. And I started selling them on camp. We hung up signs, you know, uh, hey, buy your hacky sacks here. It was hilarious. Lots of fun. And I got some free hacky sacks
1: out of the deal. So you're entrepreneurial right out of the gate.
2: Yeah, you know, I never thought of it that way um, in college, I wanted hacky sacks and I wanted them for free because I didn't have any money. So I figured I'd sell, you know, I'd (laughs) sell about 20 and I'd get four for free.
1: (laughs) Okay. All right. So, um, this is interesting. So now you're off now, when did you leave the country to start working with your first company?
2: So I graduated college and I, I was very fortunate to get a job exactly where I wanted doing exactly what I wanted to do. Five months later, I get an offer to go to Italy for two years and I figured if not now when and so a month later I was in Italy and I eventually stayed there five years and I became the sales lead in Italy.
0: Connect with us on LinkedIn. Be our friend on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You are listening to Vince
1: Cortez. We just want you to leave your mark. Now, let me ask you how do, how do you become the owner of these businesses? Were were you hired, or they brought you in as like a consultant? And how did this develop?
2: So, I was I was mostly a consultant in in Italy, right? And then. Um, what happened there i became a sales lead in italy after i learned to speak the language (laughs) and learned a little bit about things there then when the company wanted to go to brazil they asked me to take the company to brazil and i headed up the operations in brazil
1: so from italy over to brazil how long are you in brazil for nine years okay so you're probably picking up a third language at that point (laughs) that's right yeah (laughs) right now um when you're doing these businesses and helping them develop, what would you say the three biggest mistakes are you were coming across?
2: Oh, when I was developing the businesses, um, I didn't have a way of keeping track of all the folks I spoke with at the time. And that, that I realized was a bad way to go. So I don't do that anymore. Everyone I talk with, they, you know, I keep in touch. I keep in touch. I keep their name or, you know. I'm
1: guessing this is all pre-artificial intelligence as well.
2: Yeah, this was all in the you know the eight late eighties, early nineties. Okay,
1: so you, you're tracking it. You got an Excel spreadsheet and you're dropping them in there manually if you're remembering to do that. Right, exactly. Okay, so now um how long? So you're in Brazil for 10 years now. Where when do you wind up in the third continent? And what were you doing there?
2: Well, okay, so Brazil was the third continent, right? Okay. Yeah, North America. Europe, oh, South okay. America, and I started a couple businesses in South America at that time. Um, and then I, after the nine years in Brazil, I went back to Italy. And I was, I kind of, um, got tired of doing what I was doing, Vince. I was how much got,
1: different is what you were doing to what you are now?
2: I got on the speaking circuit in in Brazil, and I spoke. I traveled all over Brazil. It was fantastic. I met wonderful people. I, I saw a whole lot of the country. And I realized I kept saying the same thing, different audiences, but my speech was the same. Okay. And when I left Brazil, like, you know, I kind of figured everybody knows all that stuff already and I'm bored with it. So let's change. Um, So I got out of the the business Um, at that time. You're not
1: consulting anymore at this point. Is that how that goes?
2: Well, I am, but it's different. Do I get into sales, Um, consulting and coaching? Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I do.
1: How many years was your journey at this point? Were you are about 25, 30 years into this?
2: Let's see, five years in Italy and then nine in Brazil and then back to Italy for four. Oh, so wow. 18 years overseas. Okay,
1: so you've now taken this experience and, and kind of moving forward. I, I want to ask you a couple of questions here. So when do you come up with the
2: idea of what you're currently doing? When I figured out that... I like to improve things. I like to improve things so much that it's, um, it's difficult for me to look at a situation and not think of how to make it better.
1: Okay. Um, now, just to kind of interject there, you have something that you called Create a Signature Program. Does it tie in with what you just said?
2: It does tie in because you, you've got to stand out. You've got to be unique in today's world. And um, you know, if your ideal clients wanted the same old, same old, they would have found it already because it's all over the place out there. The same old, same old. So you've got to be unique. You've got to stand out and talk directly to your clients and your potential clients of what issues they want to solve, what problems they want to solve because they've got something in their life that they don't want anymore or there's something that they want that they don't have yet.
1: Okay. How do you, um, at this point, coach them or direct them how to be different and stand out in the crowd.
2: So we start with what makes them unique. We start with what I I like to call the keys. Okay, so it's K-E-E, knowledge, experience, and expertise. And everyone has it, everyone has it. And it might be that you, you figured out how to fix your own bicycle. And you had a process of figuring out the mechanics, or it might be that you, uh, you know, uh, I'm a client, she's, she's got two children, she's a wife, full time mother. Um, I'm sorry, she's, she's a wife, she's a mother of two little kids. She has a full time job and a side hustle. And she figured out how to do that and with her time, her time management, delegation, she, you know, she figured all that out. And that's her expertise, because how many women and men are in that situation now where they're the primary caregiver, they're taking care of the house and everything, and and have a job and a side hustle, and they're frantic and (laughs) overwhelmed? Well, she's figured out how not to be frantic and overwhelmed. Let me ask
1: you this. How does being unique help get more clients and sales?
2: Because people are looking for what you've got. If I continue that example of the woman who figured that out. okay. Now, if people are going to be looking for her, so she's got to market her uniqueness and what she's done, because out of 7 billion people in the world, there's got to be at least 100, maybe 1,000 in that same situation right now, today, looking for help. But they're going to look for something specific. I'll give you an example. When we were training for Kilimanjaro, right? You like how I circle back there? When we were training for Kilimanjaro, my dad wanted some help with training, right? Getting ready to climb a mountain. He's not a spring chicken. He's in shape, but he's not a spring chicken. So he goes online and he looks for coaches to help him get in shape and fitness coaches. And you see, you know, get rid of your your dad bod, lose 30 pounds in 30 days, all that stuff, right? There was one guy that said, I help middle-aged men climb mountains guess who my dad called? Okay. Because <laughs> it spoke directly to his problem that he wanted to solve. So he, that, that coach had niched down and he trains middle-aged men to climb mountains. Right? All those other folks, okay, they'll find other clients and other clients will be their ideal clients, but not my dad. Right. So that's how you stand out as an example, to talk directly to the people who are looking for the exact problem that you solve or the solution that you offer.
0: If you are listening from Australia, Florida, or just from around the corner. From the East Coast to West Coast outlets, if you're not to the dirty South straight, make a left and
1: Contact us, leave your mark with your host, Vince Cortez. Let me ask you, what is the biggest mistake you see solopreneurs making?
2: They underestimate their own uniqueness and their own genius. I think uh, we all have uh, uh, the genius zone, right? We all have a zone where we operate and we all have that expertise, that knowledge, experience and expertise. And we can use that to build a business. I say we, because I'm in that group too, right? My problem was I didn't realize what my expertise was. I needed someone outside of myself to look in And say, Joe, you're like an expert in starting over. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to be an expert in starting over. (laughs) That's a lot of work. What you're saying
1: there is um, a lot of what an entrepreneur or a solopreneur does is um, they're on their own roadmap. And so that idea of not having an administrator or somebody above you uh, helping guide you, the, those, uh, decisions can be a little bit more haphazard. You know, you're spending time and spending money on something you shouldn't be doing because of your naivety right. and, or you're, you're want to do it and you're doing it, but you're doing it the wrong way. And you're not going to attract people. So this is the kind of stuff that's exciting <clears throat> with the internet now with as much self-learning and the the proverbial side hustle going on and your ability to step in with your experience and and help these people get organized and move forward. So um, what I'd like to do is is I wanna ask you, how did your Mount Kilimanjaro experience
2: relate to your business? So I just saw a lot of parallels in the Kilimanjaro experience. Number one was, was the question, do we wanna do this? And then the follow-up question, can we do this? Is it possible? Who's done it before was another question we asked. And we looked at what was out there already. We said, who can help us get up the mountain? And what knowledge do we need to get up the mountain, to prepare to get up that mountain? What training do we need? What do we need to learn? What structures do we need? What do we need to buy? Not everyone had the boots that were right not everyone had the jackets that were correct or the backpacks so we we had to find out what we needed we didn't know what we didn't know so we did a lot of research the other thing i learned well i learned learned in in the ongoing thing we formed a group right it was my family actually you know brothers sisters brother-in-law we all climbed it and we decided that we would train on the weekends of course right so but sunday night we would all post in our private Facebook group, the pictures of where we had hiked on the weekend. And you did not want to arrive Sunday evening and not have a picture. Cause then we knew you weren't training.
1: <laughs>
2: so there's that accountability. There's the teamwork. We all had a, we came together for a goal. We trained individually for the most part, but we came together with, with a common goal and a common objective. The other thing Vince is, we were eight climbers and we had a team of 46 people to help us get up that mountain. Wow. Because, well, we, you know, you talk about climbing a mountain, it's, we're roughing it, but we weren't roughing it that much because we had, we had cooks. We didn't have to carry any food. We had fresh eggs that were brought up the mountain um, for the, in the morning. We, we ate very well because we needed the energy we had with us who carried the oxygen tank and he was the he was the medical officer there and and if any there was any trouble that we he would know he would help us we had our our pulse checked and our oxygen saturation level checked every day twice a day um, so all these people we had the, the folks who br- brought the food we had the cook we had the guys who brought the tents and carried the tents and then you know, we had the guys who brought the bathroom, the portable porta potty that we brought up the mountain. So, in total, 46 people to help eight of us get up the mountain.
1: Wow. That's an amazing team. So, these gentlemen and, and women are all uh, specialists in, in niche areas of helping you get up the mountain, then.
2: Out of the 46, there were the specialists and then there were the porters. They're beginning, they're starting their journey. The, the lead guide started as a simple porter. Oh, wow. And I say simple, not to, not to disparage anyone. They, their main job was to carry stuff up the mountain. Oh. And they, they learned, they progressed up the chain, if you will, um, to becoming an assistant guide, to becoming a guide, if that was their objective.
1: So this experience then, based on what you're saying, structurally was like the top 10 or 15 components of putting a business together. You know, you, the questions you were asking, you know, how can I get up the mountain? Who can show me? Uh, what equipment will we need? So your handful of that first series of questions is all applicable in business, you know, yes. when you're, you're going to find your market and move forward. So let, let me ask you this. So as a uh, business coach, what are the three primary businesses areas that you focus on with your clients?
2: It's really agnostic. Um, according to who I'm talking with, the first thing I want to do is get to know my clients, my, my one-on-one clients, my private clients. I spend quite a lot of time getting to know them. I have a long questionnaire. I have a converse, conversations. Um, I want to know what they've done, what their experiences. I want to know what they've done in business. So I look at their marketing, I look at their websites, I look at everything they've done from whatever they've done. Um, and then we talk about what they want to do, where they want to take their business, what constraints do they have? What knowledge, experience, and expertise do they have? What constraints do they have? What's holding them back? Um, why, you know, there's a whole lot of that, right? And then it's figuring out how to make whatever they they want to do, whatever we figure out that they want to do, then how to make that unique, how to stand out from the crowd and create a signature program so that they have a roadmap to follow in their business.
1: There's a part there that as you're setting up your structure, it's kind of interesting being in marketing because you're doing the same things that you're showing somebody else how to do. And so then you're, you're teaching them how to, to get through their problems. So um, those basic areas of teaching them, like sales advertising and marketing are, are, are unique traits. Um, I think that there's more things that go on when we have an online business, because there's there, what I reference as the un talked about tools, like the tool of just knowing how to use the computer, you know, how to get on it, how to turn it off, how to turn it on, how to do a Zoom meeting like we're doing. So when you have a computer literacy level that's high enough, then you get into, oh, well, I have a gift and I want to share my gift with the world. And that's nice, whether it's a Shopify store or whatever. Then the the third component of that which is the hidden one, which I think in the modern era replaces your accountant and your sales force is knowing how to market on the internet. And I look at the word being in marketing all these years later as problem solve. When I say the word marketing, I think a problem solve. So the reality is, is you're solving a problem for your client, and at the same time, you're showing them how to do it for themselves. And then they need the skill set of knowing how to maneuver the computer and then hear you out on the marketing. So a lot of people come on, I think, and reference, oh, I sell a funnel or, oh, I have a one page funnel, you know, and it's like those are methods of what you use, but they're telling you such a small portion of the ingredients of that success. If you have a story to share, tell us, how are you going to leave your mark? Contact us, leave your mark with our host Vince Cortez, be our guest. So that being said, how do you take somebody who's coming to you? Like, um, how do you pre-qualify the customer if they they have enough of a skill set for you to work or that you could actually help them?
2: Right. Well, right now I am working exclusively online. So if they're not able to do a Zoom meeting, um, they've they've got some catch up to do, right? Um, Then I really wanna know what they want to do and what experience they have. So if we had someone who, let's say they're a bartender, right? And they've been a bartender for the last 15 years and now they're 35 years old and they wanna be a, a, a singing coach. I ask them, what experience do you have with that, right? <laughs> if they have no experience, that, um, that's kind of a tough way to go. Most people, though, are looking at something that they have some experience and expertise in to some degree. What I do is help codify that. Okay. So we, we codify that and we, you know, there, there are people making money doing the most odd things that you can't imagine. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. It's, you know, it's wide open in this era right now. It's the, wide the, open because yeah, of the, the internet.
2: You the creative find.
1: level is through the roof. I mean, it, if yeah. you can make it have appeal, you got a chance of monetizing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what I'd like to do, and I ask all my guests when they come on here, you got quite an, an, an impressive story as an entrepreneur being all over the world and learning these different businesses and so forth. How would you like to leave your mark? How would you want
2: to be remembered? I wanna be remembered as helping people to make an impact and helping people to express themselves and make an impact and make the world better. So I'm trying my best to make the world a better place. And I'm doing that through helping entrepreneurs make the world a better place with their talents and abilities and bringing that forth, right? We've got to bring forth our own genius, our own creativity. Because we were meant to do that. That's why we have that. And not to be hidden, but to be brought forth and to share with the world. So I think everyone has a gift to share with the world. You know, the challenge is finding that gift sometimes.
1: So your category of being a business transformation gapologist is what is exactly is in, in order here as far as you helping your clients out. And, and kind of bridging the gap for mm-hmm. these people that have the idea have the desire but don't know
2: how right exactly I want to thank you for coming by today joe I know you're a busy man I'm so happy to be here vince I mean it, this is great can can I talk about a tool that that is available yeah for... yeah please go ahead and share it So I've got a, what I call an an action guide to find your, your expertise, your knowledge, experience, and expertise, and to coat, to help to start to codify that it's a free PDF. You can find it on my website. I'm sure that'll be in the show notes. And, um, I would encourage everyone to download that, read through it and go through the exercise and start codifying your genius. Excellent.
1: Now, where are the other places? What's the name of your website and your LinkedIn page and so forth so we can get a hold of you and any other contact information you have?
2: So the best way to get a hold of me is my website. It's ApexAble. Now, there's a dash in between there. So Apex-Able.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn with my name, Joe Matz. That's M-A-T-Z. Search that on LinkedIn. I'll come up. Um, you can almost search it on Google and I'll, I'll show up.
1: Oh, that's getting exciting. You got some penetration in the market doing that.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that you can you can find the, the free resources there. You can find the, um, how to contact me and you can find my podcast there, Espresso Jam, Small Business Interviews.
1: That's great. I like your uh, your PDF sheet there too, to help people get clear in their minds what it is they're good at. And, and kind of have a better self analysis and, and, and probably makes your job a lot easier. But I, I'm, I'm curious to have a look at that myself.
2: Yeah. I, I you know, I, I'm partial to it because I created it. So I think it's great. <laughs> <Okay>. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be looking for you and thanks for coming by Joe. Very good. Thank you, Vince. Thanks for listening to leave your mark today. Tune into our next episode of leave your mark with Vince Cortez. Be blessed. You just left your mark. Thanks for, Thanks for listening. Listen
0: to more episodes on demand. Just click leave your mark with Vince Cortez.